Soul Recovery is not just this podcast. It is a community. And each month on the first Monday, we get together on Zoom to support each other. I give a topic, then we break into small groups. It's a powerful way to be seen and witnessed and heard and supported through your own soul recovery journey. This is free to attend and open to everyone. Go to the website to register. The next one is May 6th from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Also, in June on the 8th and 9th is an in-person soul recovery retreat in Lafayette, Colorado. This is going to be a weekend of incredible transformation, learning how to use soul recovery in your life and to leave that weekend transformed. Visit the website for more about what to expect and how to register. Enjoy the episode. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recover Your Soul podcast. For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first overcome our internal self by focusing on inner change. Outer positive results in our lives will follow. This podcast offers inspiration, strength, and hope through the tools of recovery, spirituality, and positive psychology. I started recoveryoursoul.net after having profound changes in my life in my recovery from alcoholism and control addiction. I was guided to share these tools with others through this podcast and personal coaching. Personal recovery does not need an addiction to use the tools and principles to better our lives and transform just the desire to make positive changes and grow. As an ordained minister, I continue to study and deepen my relationship with the spiritual principles that have brought me peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. I know that together we can do the work that will recover your soul. Welcome back to Recover Your Soul. I'm sitting here with my friend Stephanie. Hi, Rachel. How are you today? I'm great. How good. are you? I'm good. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so glad that you're here. I wanted to bring Stephanie on to Recover Your Soul because she is another one of my sisters, my Recover Your Soul sisters, who has really had a radical transformation mm-hmm. and I think is an inspiration to share your message. Well, thank you. <laughs> so we have been friends now for two years, almost three, three almost actually. three years. Yeah. So Stephanie came to the spiritual center that I attend mm-hmm. and was in a place in her life where she felt that tug mm-hmm. to have change and jumped right in a hundred percent. Pretty much head first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. And we became closer as time went on. But tell us a little bit about where you were at at that time. Mm-hmm. And, and what what was it that, that had that guidance that led you to be ready to do deep work? Yeah, well, um, I, I grew up, you know, with a pretty strict religion. And by the time I was a teenager, I decided I didn't need anything. Mm -hmm. And so I went for many years, really, just kind of, you know, with my own thoughts about spirituality, but not really engaging with anyone or anything about it. So about, it's probably been five or six years ago, I really started to have that pull of needing to connect more deeply with whatever this greater power is of mine. And, uh, And so I tried a few different places and nothing really seemed to quite fit. And then 
out of the blue, I, I saw the sign for the spiritual center mm-hmm. and decided to just, you know, check it out. And the minute I walked in the door, I literally felt like I was floating on the ceiling mm-hmm. and I couldn't come down the entire time. I sat through the service and just had chill bumps the whole time. Um, I felt elated. I felt connected. And honestly, the whole rest of the day, I was flying, flying, basically, right. couldn't come down. But it was a great feeling. So so I knew I had kind of discovered my community or what I was looking for. And the reason I was searching is, you know, I'd been married at that point for about 27 years and been really struggling in my relationship. And part of the problem was I felt as though I was, I basically had lost myself, Mm -hmm. that I had allowed myself to just disappear into everyone else's needs. And you, and, and you raised kids and you have how yeah, many kids? Do I, have you have? Just, I have one son mm-hmm. and one stepdaughter. Okay. So, um, I was becoming really resentful mm-hmm. and bitter and just unhappy. And, uh, as part of that, I was, um, also really imbibing. <laughs> um, I, I was raised in a family that are very active drinkers mm-hmm. and, um, always have been and still are. And probably around that same marker five or six years ago, I was really struggling with, is this how I want to live the rest of my life? Because I was certainly a regular drinker as well. Right. And I was really starting to feel that it was, I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but there was, I could tell there were things that were sort of dulling me um, and keeping me from, you know, really connecting. And that's the first time we really met was that I had said something out loud in one of the services about being, I was, I was pretty newly recovered then. I mean, I had just, I wasn't recovered yet. I was in the beginnings of coming back to recovery myself Mm -hmm. and had said something in a service about it. And you came and talked to me about it and wanted to ask some questions. And it's funny because I was really hesitant about approaching you Mm -hmm. and because you're so approachable, I finally decided, well, (laughs) I can do this. And so, um, I guess, you know, one of my fears was, am I an alcoholic? Right. And, um, are members of my family alcoholics? And I had been, uh, seeing a therapist and doing some work with Mm -hmm. that. And she shared a few things with me that really hit me pretty hard. And I realized that I was kind of headed down that path if I wasn't already there. Right. So, um, you were wonderful in, in saying, well, let's just meet, you know, for coffee. Mm -hmm. So we did. And, um, you know, you shared your story with me, which made me realize that, you know, it's, it's something, that's very prevalent in our society and our existence. And, um, it can be difficult to, to recognize and or decide to live life differently. And we also realized in our, in that conversation, because Al-Anon is such a big piece of what Mm -hmm. I go through, what Mm -hmm. my major practice Mm -hmm. really is probably more Al-Anon than, than AA. Right. And it was pretty apparent right away that, really the first work that needed to be done mm-hmm. was Al-Anon work. Right. And I remember <clears throat> at that coffee meeting, 
you suggested we go to a meeting. Mm -hmm. And I, oh my God, that was like the scariest thing in the world. I thought there's (laughs) no way I can walk into a room like that, you know. So um, I know I I didn't say yes right away. (laughs) But honestly, through um, being involved with the spiritual center and participating in a couple different um, workshops and book groups, one of the things that I learned about myself or that I was kind of guided to do was to, you know, turn over every stone, right? Try things that might not even make sense, Mm -hmm. but if it pops in your head to give it some thought and and try it. So one of the things that popped in my head was I need to attend a meeting. So you were gracious enough to, you know, invite me to attend with you and, this is back in the day when we could actually meet in person. Right. This is pre, pre in, in the before times. <laughs> yes, before BC, before COVID. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, after sitting through it, I thought, okay, well, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess what I learned there was that it affects anyone and everyone. Mm-hmm. And um, that if you want to recover... I felt like if I wanted to recover, I wasn't going to be able to do it by myself. Right. And so um, from that point, then you agreed to be my guide, and um, we've worked on several of the steps. I am now eight and a half months alcohol-free. Which is really exciting. Yeah. And to be honest, I didn't. I truly didn't feel it was possible. I was actually going to say, when we went to that first meeting... Yeah. Uh-huh. And I know this was the case for me, that when I went to those first times and you just thought, I'm never going to drink again, like mm-hmm. that just oh, seems yeah. Yeah. seems outrageous. It just seems impossible, mm-hmm. you know? And the more time that goes, mm-hmm. the more it changes yeah. from can't to the freedom from. Right. And, you know, uh, not only did I have, you know, the family influence, but I worked in the hospitality industry and mm-hmm. in sales and... You know, everything evolves around let's get together for drinks or dinner. And um, I just, I felt like it was everywhere. And it was truly impossible to not partake in. Mm -hmm. And uh, even like family gatherings, I would have to psych myself up ahead of time. If I, if I thought I was going to try to not drink, but Mm -hmm. then I ultimately always felt this pressure that I had to drink. Right. So one of the best experiences I had was when I <clears throat> made the decision to not drink. And really, it, it was an epiphany that came to me out of after working through a book group. But um, I uh, it was Thanksgiving and I went to my parents for dinner and, you know, the Thanksgiving dinner. And the minute I walked in the door, first question was, you want to pour us a drink? Mm-hmm. And in the past, I'd been terrified of that question because I was always like, well, how am I going to respond without making them feel uncomfortable right. and yada, yada. And so it just popped out of my mouth. I just said, oh, I'm not going to drink tonight. And they were like, why aren't you drinking? Right. And I was like, because I feel better when I don't. And realized that they didn't really have an argument for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So from that point forward, it was just um, recognized that I don't drink anymore. Mm-hmm. And so the amount of clarity and peace that I've found 
since giving it up. And honestly, I don't feel like I gave it up anymore. I feel like I made the choice and I'm better off without it and I don't need it. So it's been a huge change all for the good. And it really trickled into every aspect of my life. When COVID came along, obviously it was a horrible thing for many people and and we all heard terrible stories and know people that have suffered from it. Um, And I was furloughed from my job and honestly looked at it as a blessing to be able to spend some time really focusing on me. Mm -hmm. And I really did, which in the past I might have just kind of piddled away that time. And right when we right when COVID was was hitting, we were in a course together that mm-hmm. was about dreaming your your best, your best life. life. Yeah, you know, like if you really had a life you love, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what would it look like? Right, and to really see yourself in that and speak and write about it as if it is the way you're mm-hmm. living. Right. And um, I found that to be really profound as well. And lo and behold. It just, it was just as if I was divinely guided to take the steps. Right. And, you know, I left my marriage, which I'd been considering doing for 10 years. I completely changed jobs and industries. Um, I moved. (laughs) Um, I did all these things that truly uh, have just made my heart so happy. And I just feel like I've completely rediscovered me Mm -hmm. um that lost part that well not even the lost part the lost me (laughs) right yeah so um i'm just so i i guess what really strikes me is just the peace that i have you know and what were you if you think about the peace that you have now Mm -hmm. and the that that place that was keeping you stuck Mm -hmm. what do you think was i mean I always say slow and steady wins the race, you mm-hmm, know, that mm-hmm. that what I witnessed with you and I've witnessed with other people is people think, oh, well, look at her, look at she's, you know, blossomed in this place. Well, it was three years ago. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. that you stepped into this new right. potential life and it was one step yes. after the next step after the next step yep. that has that has given you the strength to be in this new existence. Exactly. And, and none of the steps were simple. Right. Um, and again, the reason I say I felt like I was divinely guided is because I didn't know what I was doing Mm -hmm. and I would just sort of get quiet and feel like an idea would pop in my head or, you know, some people say they hear a voice. I don't know that I heard a voice, but just, huh, maybe I should try this or that. Mm -hmm. And so not everything that I tried worked, but as I started to try things and certain things did work, I just felt more confident and more sure about, yes, this is the way, you know, I need to proceed. And so um, things just sort of started to lead to other things. And and to be honest, in the beginning, I was terrified Mm -hmm. of everything. I mean, I was terrified of myself. I was terrified and my abilities. I was terrified of what other people would think of me. Um, just like, could I actually do all these things that I had dreamed of doing? And, and now they're coming to be, and it's, it's pretty amazing. And when you did the step work, mm-hmm. what did you, what do you feel like that offered you that you hadn't done before? Cause I know for me, what I, 
what I want the listeners to know is whether you're an addict Mm -hmm. or here for Mm Al-Anon or just here for soul recovery, Mm -hmm. that the steps provide a format. They provide a path to, to work through all the stuff that's holding you back so that you can, so that you can let it go. So yeah. What, what would you say as you worked through those steps was, um, beneficial for you? Well, I would think, I I would say probably one of the biggest things was realizing that I played a part, Mm. like what part do, was I playing in the way I was interacting with, you know, my spouse or my family or releasing the victim. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's see what else. I mean, honestly, surrender, Mm -hmm. surrendering control, thinking that I knew the best way to do everything or that I even had an idea (laughs) when really I didn't. And, um, realizing that if I can just hand it over to the higher power in my life, that I don't have to worry about how it's going to transpire. Right. You know, and, and so learning that trust has helped me to release the fear. Now, granted, there's still times when it's there. And of course. Yeah. I think for me, you know, controls my, right. My we both share point. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and the more I look at it and the more I uncover, mm-hmm. it is, you see how it permeates. Mm-hmm so many things that you didn't even know that right. was still happening. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, like we were talking earlier when I mentioned to you that I feel like I've just been so engrossed in so many things lately. And I had a realization that I was starting to slip back into that pattern of, um, thinking I needed to help other people. So, you know, I have mm. a, a good friend who's going through some tough times and to help fix it. Yeah, to help fix it and mm-hmm. kind of help save her and, and whatever. And then realizing it was completely depleting me. Right. And, um, you know, I was sacrificing my own well-being. So, yeah, I mean, it's a constant lesson. Um, but at least recognizing that and realizing that that's a part of me um, and that I don't have to white knuckle it. <laughs> right. And you, one of the things that when you just said that, one of the things that I think that I've watched you expand on or be able to let go of, um, is that caretaker part of yes, you, absolutely. the part of you that felt like it was your responsibility mm-hmm. to make sure that everybody else was okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that was meant that you weren't taking care of yourself. It right. meant that you weren't putting yourself first. It meant right. that you had to feel like everything else had to be taken care of before, right. before it was time for Stephanie. Right. And, and, you know, um, even having that, you know, background from childhood of feeling like if I was taking care of my needs, I was being selfish. Right. And, um, you know, realizing that in fact, I have to take care of myself, otherwise I'm no good to anyone else. And so, I toughed it out for many years, um, thinking that, well, if, you know, we just work a little harder Mm -hmm. and if, you know, so-and-so just tries my one more last great idea, Mm -hmm. everything will be great. And then finally it was like, oh my God, like, I'm just completely enabling these people. Yeah. And And losing yourself. And losing myself in the process. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's been, it's been so weird to experience 
Um, but it's also very freeing, you know, because it's like, oh, like I have to remind myself sometimes, oh, yeah, that's not my job. That's right. not my worry. That's not up to me to fix. Mm-hmm. So. And the people around you, would you say in your life, I know that in my life in particular, that I've let go of my husband and of my kids and I'm, I'm kind of watching them um, figure it out for themselves. Mm-hmm. Has that been the experience in your life that people are figuring it out? Yeah, they're starting to. I mean, there's definitely been a, um, sort of a resistance to mm-hmm. it, you know, like... They're waiting for you to come back yeah. and fix it. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in the past I always did, you know, I would I would watch and hope that someone would figure it out by themselves and then I would ultimately come in to quote unquote rescue them. Right. When in fact, you know, they had figured out long ago that if they just waited long enough that I would come in and fix it. <laughs> so uh that's been a huge lesson that, you know, you you have to watch somebody struggle or fail, and that's really hard to do. Mm-hmm. But if you don't allow them to go about things their way, then they'll never learn how. Right. So, yeah, it's been interesting. Yeah. I I was just talking to someone recently about the how, that boundary thing, mm-hmm. that we set boundaries, and, mm-hmm. and then we feel great. Like, we're mm-hmm. like, oh, good, I set this boundary. And the people around us who w- we never had boundaries with. Right. <laughs> They're like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? What's happening? And yeah. and so, of course, there's going to be pushback. And, of yeah. course, there's going to be frustration. Mm-hmm. But it has to kind of wiggle itself out. And they have to sit in their discomfort. Right. And if we can sit in our discomfort. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a big part of it. Definitely. Yeah. And definitely. And then, so then you changed, changed out of a marriage. Yep. Changed careers. Right into something that is of service, which, yeah, absolutely. Which is really cool. And then trifecta (laughs) one day you were like, that's it. I'm getting, I'm getting healthy. Mm -hmm. And you have, in addition to quitting drinking, Mm -hmm. work in your Mm Al-Anon program, Mm -hmm. doing spiritual work. Mm -hmm. And now you've added making your body healthy as, as a third component. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think when I originally stopped drinking, I kind of turned to a different vice, which was sugar. Sugar. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And, um, I'm familiar with this vice. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's funny how you don't realize how your body reacts to sugar over time and how, now, uh, so I've been doing this program for about, mm, it's been 14 weeks now. Mm-hmm. And looking at pictures of myself from just, you know, a little over three months ago, I'm shocked at how I, how puffy I was and how, and, and how much my body hurt. Mm-hmm. Like literally every joint in my body hurt. I had plantar fasciitis in my foot for like eight months. Um, just, and I was exhausted all the time and I, you know, I just didn't really think much of it cause it was just the way that it was, but decided to take the leap and, um, really take some steps to get physically healthy. I'd been working a lot, obviously on emotional health and spiritual health. Um, so I've lost 25 pounds 
and um, I and, feel better. Yeah, yeah than, not even like the whole like like how you look in terms of what society says, what you look sure, like. Sure, sure. What I see when I look at you is I just see like a healthier yeah. radiance from you. Yeah, and I, you know, after the first week of the program, I don't hurt. That's Didn't amazing. hurt and don't hurt. Every joint in my body feels fine now. And, um, just, you know, it, and, and I have more energy than I know what to do with sometimes. So I've never been one to really jump out of bed, but for the last two months, I'm up at five every morning and I'm totally fine with it. So it, it's really been shocking. So you know what, you know what I think about how, mm-hmm. when you sat down with me at that coffee shop and I said, not drinking mm-hmm. and how oh, yeah. you were like, I don't know. Yeah, that I can recognize the feeling in myself mm-hmm. that when you talk about that, how much I want it mm-hmm. and how terrifying it is for me yeah. to think of giving up sugar. Right, right. And yet I know just like yeah. when I quit drinking yeah. that that would feel better. Right. And so it's it just is that whole truth that... Um, taking care of ourselves and being healthier and wholer people mm-hmm. is so desirable. And it's, and there's that part of us that, that holds back. Oh yeah, absolutely. That totally holds back. Cause I have, you know, my fingers hurt and yeah. my, my feet hurt and yeah. I'm overweight. And, and I think, Oh my God, could I not eat sugar? And yet I think, well, I didn't think I could quit drinking. Right. Right. And so now our tables are turned. I look at you and I'm so inspired. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think, you know, what's really great about it too, is that it's not just about the weight and it's not just about what you're eating. It's, it's basically creating healthy habits. Mm -hmm. And so like, for instance, drinking water, I mean, duh, that's one of the easiest things in the world to do, but how many of us really drink enough water? And so when I started, you know, the goal was, okay, you need to drink 64 ounces of water a day. Okay, that's, I can do that. I've done mm-hmm. it in the past. I know it works. You know, I'm not doing it right now, but I can. And then the ultimate goal is to get to, you know, 90 to 100 ounces. I thought, no friggin' way. <laughs> but now, if I, I, like, I get my 64 ounces in typically before noon, no later than two for sure. And I'm easily doing 90 to 100 ounces a day. That's amazing. My hair is, is shinier. My skin is clearer. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole nine yards. And then, you know, another component of it is keeping your body metabolism even throughout the day. So you're eating every two to three hours. What's astonishing is with that level blood sugar throughout the day, you have energy all day. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and you, you know, you're eating um, specific foods that are, you know, working towards fat burn in your body. Well, and food is medicine, and, yeah. and it's, so it, it's it, the fascinating thing to me that I love about it is that you've taken this piece where you weren't taking care of yourself at yep. all, mm-hmm. where you were the the last on the totem pole, one hundred percent last on the totem pole. Mm-hmm. You were totally drinking to check out. Mm-hmm. You were an unrecovered Al-Anon, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and we're in a place where you really just felt like, why is, why is my life so shitty? And mm-hmm. why is it, why is life doing this to me? Right. Exactly. And to watch you go through the process of working the steps, mm-hmm. taking responsibility for your life, 
making huge changes, Mm -hmm. stepping out into the darkness, you know, (laughs) and into the unknown and, and knowing and trusting and seeing the light and then coming to the last step, which says, I'm going to put myself even more first, Mm -hmm. yeah, even more first and actually take care of my body and Mm -hmm. my health is incredible. Yeah. And then I just, I see, I see the, the even more, um, like vitalness mm-hmm. in your spirit. Yeah. Well, what I've discovered is that, um, like for instance, I was recently at a, a dinner, mm-hmm. you know, and I was meeting lots of people I hadn't ever met. Um, and I was just, uh, I, the only way I can describe it is I felt like the old me. Mm. I've always been one or <laughs> prior to about 10 years ago, I've always been the outgoing one, the engaging one, the free spirited, happy go lucky, mm-hmm. make the most of it type. And didn't realize until just these last few months that, oh my God, I was so not there. Mm-hmm. And so I literally just feel, I'm not even talking about weight. I feel light mm-hmm. and airy and I don't know. It's just, it's a great feeling. I'm going to keep doing it. You should keep doing it. <laughs> it's inspiring. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I I feel so lucky that you came to me and asked oh. me questions. Well, vice versa. I feel yeah. totally blessed to, you were the first person I met. And I knew the minute that, you know, I think we hugged because that was what we did back mm-hmm. then before COVID. And um, I just thought, oh my God, this is a great spirit right here, you know? And, um, and then the more we got to know each other and the more I learned your story, I was just so completely inspired. So I appreciate you be- being willing to take me under your wing, you know, because, um, like I said, there's no way I could have done this by myself. Well, and I, I think that so many people feel like they have to. Right. Or that everything that you do is through self-will and right. and that I, I have to will my way through it. And, right. And, and, and there's an, I think there's a component of embarrassment and shame mm-hmm. and fear and just the whole nine yards. And, um, so to be able to have someone, especially someone who's, who's gone through the process right. and, um, experienced the lows of the lows and then realized, you know, there's a different way that makes such a big difference. It totally makes a big difference. Yeah. And I think if we all are more willing to reach out mm-hmm. and, and utilize those resources. Right. So, you know, 12 step rooms are Mm -hmm. readily available Mm -hmm. and it's the best $2 you ever spent (laughs) is to walk into a 12 step room or to have counseling or to have coaching or, you know, to allow that piece of not having to do it on your own. Right. And then and then the step that you really got, which mm-hmm. is that you're not doing it alone because you're connected to your higher power of right. your understanding. Right. And I think, um, you know, the idea of community is where it all started. You know, I was I was just to that point where I was like, I I need some help and I need some people mm-hmm. and, and or things around me that are going to help me get through this. So it's definitely been a process, but I wouldn't I wouldn't do anything differently, you know. It's all turned out.
the way it was supposed to and yes. it's and and even better and even better still exactly and so. we're sitting in Steph's beautiful new condo mm-hmm. and it's gorgeous and feels wonderful in here and you can just feel the vibrancy of like mm-hmm. a new life yeah of a new life yeah so is there any wisdom I like to ask at the end? Like, do you have some wisdom uh, from your journey to share with the listeners? Well, I would just say, don't try to do it yourself. Reach out for help. And even if it's just the smallest little step. Um, and and really think about what would you really love in your life? I think um, so many times we say, well, what I would really love is this, this, and this, but that's never going to happen. Right. To actually kind of, I kind of like the analogy of set your GPS for where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And then don't try to mess with the turn by turn directions of how you're going to get there. Just listen. But to at least start driving. Right. right? And yeah. listen to the direction. Spirit tells you what yeah. the next one is. Yeah. 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 And um, I, I never thought that was... I mean, I never really bought into that, (laughs) but now I've experienced it. And it's truly so freeing to be able to, God, not have to, to worry through everything all Mm -hmm. the time. You know, what if, what if, what if, Mm -hmm. well, forget what if, just what do I really want? What would I really love? How do I really want to be Mm -hmm. and focus on that? That is great advice. (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) And then in the end, you have the smile that Stephanie has Aww. on her face. Oh, well, I'm very thrilled to be where I am right now. So I'll adjust this and even better. This and something better still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, thanks for being my guest today. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. This yeah. was fun. It was my pleasure. <laughs> All right. Until yeah. next time. Okay. Namaste. Namaste. I hope you enjoyed the episode talking to Stephanie as she is stepping into self. When I asked her what she wanted for the name of her podcast episode, that's what she chose. And I thought it was so appropriate. I didn't get the chance while I was sitting and talking to her to get the information for you about the coaching that she's doing in health. And she's working on getting her website together and all that information. So if you are interested in talking to her about that, you can just email me at recoveryoursoulnet at gmail.com and I will get you in touch. Thank you for listening. And I hope this episode offers you tools, guidance, and inspiration on your journey to recover your soul. For more information, please visit the website, recoveryoursoul.net. There you can find out more about Rev. Rachel, book coaching or spiritual counseling sessions, read the blog, listen to music, connect to social media, as well as subscribe to receive email updates. We thank you for supporting the production of this podcast by donating on the homepage. And by following, subscribing, and reviewing this podcast, you're helping to spread the Recover Your Soul message. We hope that you'll follow us on Instagram and Facebook and join the private Facebook group to become part of this transformational community.
The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.